The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Uh, good morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker. It is Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, Chrissy. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, the title of the show, I thought about this a lot, and uh, my boys uh, got back uh, late a day or two ago. Uh, and the title is Love Your Family, Not Your Stocks. And that sounds uh, pretty stark, and it is, but I find a lot of people become attached uh, get romantic and say things like this is a, a good company and I just want you to own good stock. So we're going to cover that today. Uh, I want you to do that dispassionately. I'm going to kind of go against Peter Lynch who says know what you own. I'm going to show you that that doesn't always work. Sometimes it's disastrous. We'll talk about Tesla, Coinbase, AMC. That might be hitting some nerves there. We'll go to the mailbag. We'll talk about ARC and Disney, uh, the, the continuing FTX uh, fiasco that we talked about last week. And then we'll go through the portfolio and uh, some things that are happening happening there. We're making money in, an up mar- in a down market, and uh, I'm pretty proud of that. And I want you to follow along and do the same. Tell me what problems I can help with. Uh, that's really what I want to do. If I'm not solving your problems, then, then uh, I'm not filling my mission. So please go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Sign up for my newsletter for free. Uh, I uh, had the privilege this week of having my phone and computer die. And uh, Chrissy, I lost my cherub-like demeanor. I'm not going to kid you. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, I, it was it was ugly, and you know how technically proficient I am. So yes. when I'm when I'm handcuffed like that, things Oof. things go off the rails. Uh oh! So uh, please, so I'm behind on the on the newsletter. A touch, I'll catch up. Believe me, I've got a lot to talk about. Please subscribe and share to my YouTube channel. Uh, I really want to get to a thousand plus. I'd really appreciate your help with that. Uh, I'm very dude heavy, so I'd like to have some ladies join us. Please, please go to your your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, and uh, subscribe and and uh, and and like and review us there. Please follow on your favorite social media. I'm breaking in in between these weekly podcasts with things that I think are are, are pertinent, uh, especially given what's going on with crypto. And you're smart people, but I'm going to have to say this. This isn't financial advice. I don't know your personal situation in and out. And, um, uh, you know, so I want that that put in context. And uh, this just popped into my head. If you think that uh, me teaching a course on technical analysis, reading charts, but sort of like I when I took guitar lessons, it was always more fun when I learned songs I wanted to play, not Mary Had a Little Lamb, uh, it was more pertinent to me. So if you want me to go through your charts and ETFs in a, in a more formal course, I throw that out there for your, for your uh, uh, discussion. Uh, today's topic is uh, love your family, not your stocks. And I'm, I'm very blessed with my family. I'm very grateful. Uh, uh, but stocks are a different animal. And uh, I... Uh, I Maybe it's because of my years. I don't get hooked into stories. I just want to make money in stock market. I've built up a discipline over the years that works on both buying and selling, and uh, I want to you know, make it be helpful to you. So 
My first example here is Tesla. You know, you and everybody knows Tesla uh, and certainly Elon Musk, and they're, they're very intertwined. We probably know more about Elon Musk than we want to. And Tesla has become sort of a, a cult following, uh, which I found out when I said that when it breaks 200, we're going to go to 163. I met a lot of new friends. Anyway, um, here's the chart here, and please go to my YouTube channel, obviously, if you're walking the dog and uh, uh, working out right now. But the, the buy on Tesla was back in October 2019. Full disclosure, I was doing other things. It wasn't prominent in ETF. I didn't, uh, didn't do this. But go, go back to this chart that you see here. The volume picks up. It breaks 22. Now, at this point in time, the company's survival was being questioned. I mean, they were talking about cash burn and, and cars piling up and no one buying them with drone photos and, and all these kinds of things heavily shorted. Uh, then they had an earnings report where it looked like they were going to be, be selling a lot of cars, and off it went. So 22 to 400 at the zenith. I mean, that's real money, and God bless the people that, that, uh, that did that. Now it's a classic head and shoulders where it's a topping process, and frankly, we've completed the topping process with that, that uh, break of 300 and certainly that break of 200. I give you these three arrows here with my cell discipline, which I, I highlight in the video you get when, I, when you sign up for my, my newsletter, because everybody talks about buying stocks and almost nobody talks about selling stocks. Well, that's half the equation, folks, and I know how to do it. I've studied this, and I show it to you. So uh, we have broken 200. We've tickled 175. We haven't gotten to 163 yet, but I like my chances. The, the down volume here has picked up substantially, and I think this can get cut in half again, in my opinion. And I know I'm not going to make any uh, 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 Elon bros happy with that, but I call him like I see him, and just multiple contraction alone can drive this stock lower. There's a lot of other reasons we can go into if you want, but here's a case in point where you knew the stock, you were familiar with it, maybe you're an owner, and it's a great product, it's a great company, it's a great technological improvement, it's a bad stock, period, end of discussion. So I don't love it, and I, 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 uh, uh, I'm willing to go on to other things when, when stocks turn against me. My next is Coinbase. And this is timely given on the given the FTX situation, crypto blowing up. You know, you all knew Coinbase, the you know, the fidelity of crypto, my words, not theirs. And you probably have it on your phone, you probably have an account, uh, and you probably have some crypto. Uh, the stock came out of the gate, went to four hundred plus on the first day of trading. And uh, you know, it's just unbelievable when you go look at the if you look at the chart right now. It looks like a waterfall, and and uh, we're now down 90% plus, new all-time lows. They're losing money. So how do you value a company where there's no EBITDA or earnings to put a multiple on? You know, you, you can have a spreadsheet that goes out 10 years and discount it back and all that fancy stuff, but the bottom line is this is a bad stock. We took out this, this recent low with the FTX news adding accelerant to this fire, and... It, it's, just, it's common sense. When Bitcoin goes from 60,000 plus down to 16,000, you lose people. They say, well, I'm not going to get involved in this. Who needs it? And certainly, if I'm the, the uh, uh, endowment for, for uh, uh, Harvard University, I've lost my appetite. 
big time. So I don't care how much they're not FTX. They're not a good stock. And so I don't love it, and I'm going to move on. Bitcoin is uh, you know, one of the main drivers of all this, uh, as you can tell, and it's probably you know, the cleanest dirty shirt in crypto, to use my Johnny Cash analogy once again. Uh, uh, Bitcoin topped out at 60,000 plus. Here we are at 16. And I brought this up because I, I did this for my own edification. Watch this top back in December 17th. And if you haven't sold your crypto, if you see Bitcoin go below 13,880, I know that's a ludicrously specific number, but if you see it on the chart, I realize that I see things that other people don't see. I thought everybody, it was obvious to everybody, and I'm realizing that that's not the case. So if and when we break 13,880 uh, on, on Bitcoin, we're going much lower. And that sounds crazy from 60,000, but just because something's down a lot doesn't mean it can't go down a lot, a lot more. And uh, I'll go into that a little bit when um, we talk about FTX in more depth. Uh, my next example, like we needed one, was AMC. And you've all been to the movies, and you've all had stale popcorn and milk duds, and I like them as much as everybody else. But, and it became, it became, it got caught up in the meme craze. It was overly shorted, and they, they squeezed them, and they, they drove it to, to ridiculous prices. But now we're down 90% from the peak. And, uh, uh, you know, you knew it. You probably saw Top Gun 2, but you and your friends didn't see Top Gun 2 enough to, to save this stock, in my opinion. Uh, I've said it before that hold, hold on for dear life is bullshit. Sorry, Mom. Um, uh, I just don't believe it. I, I, I just, I've never seen a stock that, that, that you hold forever and, 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 and put away and forget about. So I talked about this last year. Uh, I said the memes are over. They're all behind me, paying homage to a, a great Who song, and they are all behind me. GameStop is joining to the downside. So my take is knowing the product or service is not enough. Is there a base, technically, that looks like there's support forming? Is there positive change? Is revenue and earnings accelerating to the upside? Is it undiscovered? Are new institutions, new people coming in and buying it and giving an additional upside? And let me know if you want me to go through my fundamental analysis. I've got a very detailed interview process that I've used for years very successfully as I've interviewed thousands of CEOs, thousands of, of, of CFOs, and if that would be helpful, I'll I'll share that with you. Please, again, while I'm thinking of it, go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Sign up for, for, uh, free for my newsletter. Subscribe to my YouTube channel uh, and my podcast. Follow on your favorite social media. And again, this isn't financial advice and you're smart people. Chrissy, let's go to Mailbag, my friend. Incoming! There's a letter in your mailbox. You got mail. <laughs> That was all me, by the way. That's, oh, totally, I'm that's very, my voice. I can go that low. Yeah, good, yeah, no. good. No, it's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> it's a, I'm happy for you uh, and, and, and Australians everywhere. Uh, anyway, Mary from Massachusetts uh, uh, wrote in, uh, Bakes, you know, I know you've talked about SARC. Uh, we own some ARC, ARC Innovation Fund, Kathy Wood's uh, uh, portfolio, what do you think about it? What would you do with it here? And uh, 
you know, in typical Bakes fashion, I'm going to be as subtle as a two-by-four. Uh, Bill Parcells says you are what your record says you are, and Kathy Wood isn't good at this. Uh, the, the, I put the chart up here. Uh, she always talks about, oh, we have a five-year time horizon. Well, over the last five years, she's made no money for anybody. That's just a cold, hard fact. And... <laughs> uh, and so, yes, it's down uh, tremendously from here. Uh, but if you have a meaningfully close below 33, I, which I wrote this line down, uh, you can go down more. And I want everybody to stop saying, oh, it's down 80% from the high, 90% from the high. Well, you know, you, you, the, the number one name is Zoom. That's down again today. The earnings report was dismal yesterday. And uh, growth is 5%. And, you know, what's that worth? Is it worth a 20 multiple? Probably not. And so it can go down more. The bottom line is it, it had no business being where it was at the zenith. It just didn't. So Tesla's number two. Roku's number three. Tesla's making money, but the multiple's 47. Uh, Roku's losing money. And, you know, she was on an interview. I can't believe people are putting microphones in front of her uh, saying that Bitcoin is going to be a million per coin by 2030. Okay, uh, I'm going to weigh 150 pounds and dunk a basketball. Uh, you know, it's about as likely. So, Inconceivable! <laughs> uh, you know, the FTX fiasco, fiasco uh, continues to unroll, and she's doubling down and buying Coinbase, uh, which was, uh, is an unmitigated disaster. Robinhood, which earns a lot of its money from Doge and other trading. Uh, Square is involved in the crypto space. So, you know, here we are, day before Thanksgiving, uh, people are, are, are tax harvesting, taking their losses so they can, you know, offset their gains if they have them. Uh, and the underlying stocks in the ETF are going to continue to get hit, in my view. It may be the bottom, but there isn't much much foundation to, to, to work with here. And they're likely to sell the ETF overall. I'm watching for capitulation. I haven't seen it yet, and I'll let you know when I do. So I hate to be the the bearer of bad tidings, but ARK, I would just sell it, take the tax loss. And oh, by the way, uh, I'm agnostic when it comes to this. If there's a time to buy ARK, I'll be there so fast and make your head spin. And I'll tell you what's going on. So please stay tuned for that. Uh, Samantha from California came in and asked about Disney. Uh, if you haven't followed this yet, you're not watching CNBC uh, because they breathlessly trumpeted, trumpeted Bob Iger's return. The former CEO, they call him Bob 1 sometimes, Bob 2, Bob Chapik was as popular as typhoid. And uh, uh, the stock, as you can see here, is just getting absolutely crushed. And I also use this time to... Is, people will put up very short-term charts or, or, or quotes. Oh, the stock's up 6% today, up 10% today. You know, look at it in the, in the, in the bigger perspective here. It's meaningless when it comes to Disney. Uh, it's a dead cat bounce. This long-term weekly chart shows that. Streaming is much less profitable than the legacy business, and uh, there's no getting around that. Iger can't change that. So I'd love to see what he does and see how it, it, it plays out. But uh, Disney is, is, there's nothing going on here yet. And so best of luck, Bob, and best of luck, Samantha. But uh, Disney, I'm not touching with a 10-foot pole. 
Taylor from Rhode Island uh, uh, DM'd me on, on Twitter and asked about Live Nation. And uh, this is a, the quintessential pandemic recovery stock. Uh, obviously, everything's shut down. No one's going to concerts. No one's holding concerts. And then when that abates, the stock takes off like a rocket ship. Well, that's our all played out. Uh, uh, the Pivot podcast with Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher discussed this this past week, where now they've got 70% market share. The uh, you know AOC has decided that this is really important that we break up Live Nation. She's got nothing else to do. Sarcasm noted, I trust. Uh, the Taylor Swift fiasco is going on. That's not going to help things. And again, this is something that you probably know. You probably use Ticketmaster. Uh, uh, Taylor uh, Ticketmaster opened the floodgates for all her shows at once, and apparently the prices are ludicrous, and 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 uh, the availability of tickets is, is a nightmare. The tech just couldn't handle the technology, couldn't handle the uh, the influx. So we've had this COVID round trip. We've literally gone back to to where it was pre-COVID, and uh, I'm not going to uh, touch this, especially given. This the uh, the regulatory scrutiny that that's coming, and the angry customers, who uh, frankly don't really have a good competitor to go to. Seeking charges you uh, uh, ridiculous fees as well. So uh, I, I'm I here. Jack, my son from New York, uh, uh, came to me and asked about Bakes. Is there a blue chip or Dad? Is there a blue chip that's down twenty five percent plus that offers value? And it's funny, uh, he knows me, so he knows he's going to trigger me. Blue chip. When I hear blue chip, I think of GE. And GE was a blue chip and until it wasn't. And then it became an absolute dog of a stock. And so anointing something with blue chip status, you know, you don't get fired by, by you know, buying IBM, that kind of a thing. I just don't do it. I, nothing lasts forever but the, but the earth and sky, Kansas. Wayward son, I'm really showing my age, aren't I? Um, so uh, that's my my. Uh, and then I'm, I hear value. I'm a growth guy. You know, I want to see revenues growing. I want to see earnings growing. I want to see margins expanding. I want to see the multiple going up. I want something going there. I don't have the audacity to say I know intrinsic value. It's it's forty uh, percent. Uh, uh, the market is is valuing it forty percent below what I think it is, and I'm going to buy it at the right time. And in this calendar year, the market is going to see my genius, and the value is going to match up, and I'm going to make that forty percent. Again, my sarcasm is duly noted. I think that is a loser's game. I don't do it, and I don't think you should. Uh, there's two guys. There's eleven guys that can do it, and two of them are in Omaha. So um, not for me. Anyway, but I like the fact that you come in with things that I'm not thinking of, and I and I went through the S and P 500 and looked for things that fit the bill. Down 25 percent, and there might be value. And I, I was surprised. I came up with Bank of America. And I know yeah, we've got friends of the of the of the pod that uh, work at Bank of America, and I was really surprised. Look at this volume here last month when the the CPI number came in a little better than expected. I mean, a little bit better. And then the narrative became the Fed is not going to raise rates so much, and they're going to be pivoting at some point and get ready for a stock market rally. That may play out. 
I see it in this particular chart, and frankly, other financials, Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan, look similar to me. I want to see this Bank of America base and then break out. But uh, thanks for, for making me look at this anew because it has implications for SEF, the ETF that we own that is short the financials. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be wrong with a little bit of money, not a lot of money. So take a look at BAC. Now, again, I've done no fundamental work here. It looks cheap just on the metrics that I see here. But look at BAC, Bank of America, do your own work and, uh, and make your own decisions. Uh, Bill from Livingston, Montana, asked about inflation impact and uh, you know what it means for, for investing. And I wanted to take a step back because it coincides with uh, this book by Morgan Housel, uh, Psychology of Money. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. I think I am. Um, and in his uh, chapter of the book, No One's Crazy, he points to the, the uh, biases we all have based on our own experience. And he shows this chart about what inflation did to prices, not stock prices, but prices overall in your teens and 20s if you were born in 1960 versus 1990. Now, most of you are 95 to 2000. But anyway, the point is the same. You haven't seen inflation. And, uh, and I haven't seen you know, dramatic inflation like the 70s, but I've seen more inflation than you have. So it, it colors my, my view of the world. I went through the 87 crash, and that colors my view of the world. I've seen stocks go down 23% in a day. So it, it, uh, it impacts me Sometimes to the good and sometimes to the bad. But my point is you're going to be influenced by inflation for the first time. And how it plays out to, is going to be very interesting to see. And I don't pretend to know with precision. You know, could you see nominal earnings go up because company raised prices? Uh, they can, the, the consumer will swallow it at the Chipotle's and the McDonald's of the world. And, but then how does that compete versus interest rates going up and multiples coming down. And my view is everything shows up in the charts. And so that's why I I spend so much time going through thousands of ETS for you, looking for where the next opportunities that take all this into account. My prognostications or, or predictions or modeling of future inflation and then getting that down to the stocks that are going to make money for you from that, uh, I, I just... I can't do it. If someone can, God bless them. But I think my way works better, and we're seeing that in the numbers we'll talk about later. Uh, Charlie from New York came in and asked about an FTX update. Well, here's an update. Sizable amount of FTX assets are missing. Uh, this story gets crazier. This is today's paper, the Wall Street Journal. This gets crazier by the day. Um, uh, and I always look at these things through the prism of how do you make money from this? Me, but you as well. Uh, and how it impacts you. And this is what I, my main thought is, is that FTX is going bankrupt. It sounds like Genesis is going bankrupt too, the Winklevoss uh, twins company. And so what do, do the folks that take over these messes, what do they have to do? They try to pay creditors and they try to make uh, customers whole in this unregulated world where there's no FDIC insurance and all of that. And so you sell what you can, not what you want to. And so you probably reach for your Bitcoin and sell that and raise as much fiat currency, cold, hard cash, to get as many cents on the dollar as all these people are demanding. And so I just 
common sense tells me that Bitcoin uh, is not going to have a lot of big buyers, certainly from institutions anytime soon, and the price is coming down through that 13880 level that I talked about before. So, and God knows what's going to happen to all the other coins that are out there, the Doge, etc. I can't believe Doge is still around, frankly. But, so crypto FOMO, fear of missing out, has become GMFO, get me the F out, and uh, I think that's going to continue. So if you own companies, fintech or otherwise, that has a meaningful crypto component to their, to their story, I would, I would run like crazy. This is not going to get better anytime soon. All right, uh, Chris, we've got to go to the portfolio, buddy. I was waiting for a fancy swoosh or, 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 or a lightning strike or something. So I drop him when he's not ready. And, and, oh, and oh okay, okay. Sorry about Sorry. that. Sorry. All right, so here's, here's the portfolio. And again, I listen to – I can't tell you how many podcasts I listen to. I'm, a, I'm an investment uh, – uh, my, my thirst for knowledge here is, is unquenchable, and I listen to everything. I don't see anybody say specifically, here's what we own, here's what we're buying, here's what we're selling, and why. I hear a lot of generalities and, and, and a lot of uh, uh, you know, high-level comments, but I just say, this is what I see happening. I want to make money this year in this down market, and we are. So we're up 3.26% versus the S&P being down 16.91. I think that's pretty good. I want it to be better. I always want it to be better. Uh, you know, the old adage is you can't spend relative performance. I don't care about losing less than the next guy. That's the institutional game, the pros game, who we can crush and you can crush too, as we talked about uh, in a recent show. The other point I want to make is I'm not frenetically trading in front of a screen 9.30 to 4 while the market's open. I just don't do it. I literally, I have my investments. Uh, most, By the way, this is the, the um, anniversary of, of owning Sark. So we're at long-term capital gains as we, we sit here right now, which I'm thankful for. Um, uh, so we do, we're not doing a lot of intraday or, or frenetic trading at all. I check this at 4.15 most days. Uh, I look at it for three minutes, and I look for red and down 15%. And it doesn't happen often, but if there's down 15%, I sell the stock. Period. End of discussion. And I take that cash, and I go look for other things to do. And uh, I can't tell you how liberating it is. And be honest with yourself. How do you find new ideas? How do you monitor the ideas you have? How do you have a self-discipline? And if, if those are problems for you, I'm the solution, and I think I can be helpful. And I chose this, this one. I'm not going to go through everything in the, in the portfolio today, but we're, we're, we own SEF, uh, which is short the financials. And I just told you that Jack made me look at these anew, and he did. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be, I got to be intellectually honest. I've already sold a third because a third of the sell discipline has kicked in. And I'll take small losses. I'll never take big ones. I just refuse to. Uh, and so I'm rethinking what's going on with, with financials. And frankly, the market overall is acting a little bit better. Uh, we'll see how it goes. The, the, uh, 
it's the potential for a year-end rally is really there. How strong it is, I don't know. I'm always looking for opportunities, and if it's time to get really bullish and and load up on on uh, more aggressive growth names, I will do so. It isn't now, but believe me, I'm looking for it. So right now we're short 56 percent, and what we did. And because the market told us this was the the lower quality, the SPACs, the Kathy Wood stocks, emerging markets, those rolled over first, and we participated in those. And now it's going through the rest of the markets, and we've we've uh, uh, played along accordingly. We're eleven percent in agriculture and small cap energy, and we have thirty three percent in cash. And again, you can crush the pros because the pros can't do this. They can't go to their investment committee and say, we're going to be in cash because we can't find anything to buy. They say, we get paid 75 basis points to buy stuff. Go buy stuff. And, and that's just the way it works. So what we do instead, and what I do for you, is I go through thousands of ETFs, all the ones that are out there. I don't see anything to buy yet. I will break in via all the social media when I do come across things. Certainly, I'll do it here on the show. But please stay, stu- stay tuned and, and please send me your ideas so I do stay intellectually honest like my son Jack made me. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to Much Need of Levity. Uh, <laughs> I, when I talked about my phone and my computer, I said I lost my cherub-like demeanor. And I like to think I'm clever, but I'm not really that clever. I stole that line from John Panette, uh, a wonderful comedian. Uh, may he rest in peace. Passed away probably now three years ago, now that I think about it. And he has this uh, bit that he does, I don't do ups. Uh, it, I can't do it justice, so I'm not going to try to. He's a very funny man. This is five minutes. Uh, it'll make you chuckle. I hope you think of me as you chuckle um, and, and enjoy. So that's the show. Please go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Please sign up for my free newsletter. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and my uh, podcast, wherever you podcast. Please follow on your favorite social media and DM me your problems so that I can offer solutions. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, my email is bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. Uh, at bakestakes underscore on Twitter is where you can DM me. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. <laughs> Love your family, not your stocks. And uh, thank you very much. I'll see you soon. Keep smiling. I'm Bakes. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.